Andre Gide wrote that it is better to be hated for what you are than to be loved for what you are not, whilst Oscar Wilde pointed out that there is only one thing in life worse than being talked about, and that is not being talked about. On this episode of the History of Advertising podcast, we are looking at ads which seem to do their best to turn away potential customers. First up, we have Harvey Nichols. Harvey Nichols' tone of voice had been quite sort of selfish and quite sort of bitchy and so like, well, let's really push that. Richard Brim is creative director at Adam and Eve DDB. And just over a decade ago, he was one of the creatives tasked with coming up with a 2013 Christmas ad for British luxury department store, Harvey Nichols. As Richard mentioned, the brand had the reputation of going against the usual soppy mushiness of many Christmas ads. Richard and the team continued this tradition with a campaign called Sorry, I Spent It On Myself. In the TV ad, we see people on Christmas morning being presented with, well, a variety of truly rubbish presents. Well wrapped as well. Yeah. Nice decoration. <laughs> Elastic bands. Elastic bands from Harvey Nichols, Dad. Sorry, I spent it on myself. Gift collection. Yeah, that's 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 what the range is called. Elastic band gift set. Yeah. Right. Two. Two. I got two. <laughs> oh. Oh. I do hope you haven't spent all your precious money on me, naughty boy. <laughs> Paper clips. Yeah. Harvey Nichols. Yeah. Yeah, they're from Harvey Nichols, so, you know. Harvey Nichols? I don't think anyone's ever got you anything from Harvey Nichols. Wow. It's, it's toothpicks. Yeah. You love toothpicks. It's a sink plug. Hmm? A little something for them, a bigger something for you. Here, Richard describes how they were able to expand on the theme in the store. Once you had that idea conceived, you could do anything with it. So we made crackers without bangs. Um, and and they were, we made uh, Christmas lunch in a tin for 99p. We made um, gravel, we made gravel gift gift bags and just, just paper clips and toothpicks. And and I, I remember we were doing the press packs and we, 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 we gave people champagne, but it didn't have any bubbles. So it was always a bit shit. It was always a bit, it was always a bit rubbish. And it was just a lot of fun with like, like downloadable Christmas cards. They were free and 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 just just once you've got that big idea, it allows you just to to go. One of the most famous examples of an anti-advertising ad is the "You Know You've Been Tangoed" campaign from the nineteen nineties. You know where you've been tangoed. In the first ad, we see a young man opening a can of tango and taking a sip. A video replay narrated by two commentators reveals that shortly after the sip, and unbeknownst to everyone else. 
an orange man appears from nowhere and slaps the tango drinker with both hands. Hello, Tony. I think we might use a video replay here. Super, Ralph. Let's do that. Could be in for a quintessential tango taste sensation here. Why, yes, Tony, let's look again. Yes, Ralph, the big orange fella running from the left, and he gives him a good old slapping. It just illustrates the bite and buzz. Oh, of real oranges in tango. Yes, Ralph, super taste sensation, smashing drink, lovely. You know where you've been tangoed. The ad was created by Trevor Robinson, OBE, and Al Young. Here, Trevor explains how the ad came about. Our plan was to make Coke notice us, and, and we wanted to do something that was felt really British, really English, and very kind of not, not as glossy and like almost a bit more like a comedy sketch that that is just almost anti-advertising as well, because me and Al was originally had it like the, the, the thought was, you know, advertising that, and especially at the time, like Heineken, you have a drink and something pleasant happens and, you know, flowers bloom and all that. And we said, well, what, what happens if you, you drink our drink and something unpleasant happens? You know, you get kicked up the arse, you slapped or, you know, it, it's like one of them we actually based on Don't Look Now, which is a very scary horror film back in the day that gave me the, the, the it was based on that. We said, why, why don't we do ads? that when you drink it, something horrific happens. And that was deliberate. We wanted to do stuff that you weren't sure how this, how these tango ads were gonna come at you and how we're gonna feel about it. And it was great fun working on it because what was great about it was people would look forward to the, back in the day, tango ads, like they would look forward to, you know, the new latest Heineken or Pilsner ads. So that's, that's what, um, that I felt very proud of that. The ad was certainly a risk. And it might not have even made it onto screens if it hadn't been for the creative bravery and willingness of Tango to put themselves on the map. One of the major things was we had an outstanding client, uh, a very brave client, very maverick client, and a client that understood an idea. And I know that sounds obvious. You would have thought somebody who works in marketing should be able to understand an idea. But it, it was a pretty strange idea to put on the table. And he was so ambitious. He just said, look... At the moment, no one really knows about tango. It's like people on roller skates drinking this weird orange thing. Even today, people will come up to us and say, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, give us a tango. And then you look at them and go, well, if we gave you a tango, a really original concept, it would scare the life out of you. You would never buy it. You know, it's not easy for a client to always get an idea. The ad did more than just put tango on the map. The tango slap became a cultural sensation, so much so that there were reports of several perforated eardrums caused by schoolchildren recreating the tango slap in their own time. At one point, the ad was banned and replaced with a version where the orange man gives the tango drinker a big kiss instead of a slap. Sales have been reported to have tripled during the campaign, and it ran for several years. One of the most risque anti-advertising ads was for Apple Tango. In the ad, a man pretends to be at home with flu. When his wife leaves him, he gets dressed in a rubber suit, tinfoil shoes, and bright green apple tango pants. He puts on a video of a can of apple tango talking seductively to him before his wife comes home and catches him in the act. 
Now, your medicine's in the cupboard. I'll be back <laughs> at six. Keep the place tidy. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, big boy. I'm going to slip down your throat. You want me, don't you? Say you love me. I love you! You want to taste want my taste bubbles. What head it was that screwed on? Colin! Don't look what at me! What are you doing? Run away! Run away! Don't look at Don't me! Troubles with Apple Seduction. That ad is just as bizarre as it sounds. The story of how it got made is possibly even more bizarre. Me and Al used to really, in tears, laugh about this guy who had, who was obsessed with pornography and um, a little bit unhealthy when I think about it. He used to come in with his plastic bags full of it and share it with other people and they would swap theirs around. As it used to, and he used to, but his wife um, was really anti-porn quite rightly and, and kind of like, so she had no idea. And he used to um, pretend he was sick at times and stay at home and just enjoy himself. And, um, and me and I used to joke about it, just how absurd that was. And what if she came back and caught him one day and how horrified, and we would put on her voice and pretend and he'd be running around with his trousers around his ankles and stuff like that. So it was, it was a joke that we managed to write in the Apple Tango execution. You could probably sit, read between the lines of it. And we said it to our bosses thinking that they will go, they thought it was funny, but we did think they were like, come on, we're not, not going to do an ad all about, basically about have somebody having a wank. And, um, and, and they bought it. And like, and I always remember being in a cinema and this does sound very narcissistic, but it is the buzz of what we do. And I remember coming in the cinema and all the commercials coming up and the, the whole cinema howling at our ad and as I was sitting down I was like wow you know it was it was such a an ego boost it was un unreal. Trevor's work for Tango could have ended in disaster but instead it's become one of the defining campaigns of his career. I think the first week before it came on air I said to Al this is either going to make us or destroy us because I, I knew is it was not going to be people would not miss it and um and I think the idea of having, I mean, like having this slap, this impactful ad, we knew we would have talkability. We never obviously didn't, I didn't think people were running around slapping each other like they were. And like, I still have people talking about it now. I was at a wedding the other day and the guy was like looking pretty bored with his questions to me. He was like saying, I'm, I'm an ears, nose and throat man. What do you do? And I, I said, oh, I work in advertising. And he's like, what have you done? I said, so, well, years ago we did the tango work and his face lit up and got his wife over. Do you know this, this man did the tango work? And so it's kind of, even to this day, people still remember it. So there we have it. Sometimes by producing campaigns which should really alienate your customers, you end up bringing them even closer to your brand. The History of Advertising podcast was presented by Jack Maggett Phillips and featured contributions from Richard Brim and Trevor Robinson OBE. The programme was produced by Jane Jarvis and Jack Nugget Phillips. To explore the history of Advertising Trust's online catalogue and the work that they do, please visit hatads.org.uk.